In the previous episode, I went over what are music labels, how important those are to male CU and 2D music projects, as well as the differences between major, minor and indie music labels. There was a little bit of talk about some music labels that are not only not particularly open to international fans, but also are not that good at promoting their talents domestically. In this episode, I'll change things a little bit and we're going to explore some of the big music labels in Japan, as well as minor music labels that spot talent among male seiyuu when they are still diamonds in the rough. Also, let's explore a bit some of the most exciting 2D music-centric music labels out there. Let's kick off this episode of Seiyuu Lounge. Welcome to Seiyuu Lounge, I am your host Vanessa and today's topic is Male Seiyuu and 2D Music Labels, Part 2. If you haven't listened to the first part, I encourage you to do so. In the first episode I went over the basics and delved into some music labels that have, one way or another, failed to promote their talents. Now let's go over other music labels. Most of these may even be well known to you due to how popular their 2D music projects, solo artists or bands are. Legendary pop and Enka music label King Records have been a staple of popular since people can remember it. It was founded in the 1930s and it is really the powerhouse when it comes to pop music. Many of you are familiar with King Records because of Utapri, Hypnosis Mike, Mamoru Mienu, Shotaoi and Yumu Uchida. This music label counts with various sub-labels. It is worth noting King Amusement Creative, to which Yumu Uchida is signed to, and Evil Line Records, to which the Hypnosis Mike franchise is signed to. King Records are big on their pop artists, with all of them promoting their music heavily on music and variety shows on TV, as well as FM radio shows. Magazine covers are an easy feature for their artists. Within King Records, Seiyuu artists don't find much creative freedom. The music label is big on its household composers and lyricists, and is even bigger on making their artists be active throughout the year, at times releasing two or more CDs in a year. Miano and Aoi have written lyrics to their songs before, but for example, Yumuchida has not written lyrics nor composed any of his solo music so far. As you can tell, this depends on the artist in question. Art Sonic this is a minor music label that bets on raw music talents among male seiyuu. I actually like Artsonic quite a bit. I believe this is a good minor music label for seiyuu units or solo artists to kick off their career as they give their artists complete creative freedom. Usually Artsonic have a good eye for talent. For example, Toshiki Toyonaga made his solo debut under Art Sonic with the full-length album 
music of the entertainment. Album that, to this day, has an impressive production and mastering within Mel Sayu music. Also to date, this is one of the best albums released by Mel Sayu. At the same time, Art Sonic welcomed with open arms You Make, the talented, self-producing duo comprised of Kento Ito and Yoshiki Nakajima. Once again, a shot in the dark, yet a diamond in the rough. You Make have polished their skills and are at a point in which I can safely say they are the best Seiyu unit currently active in the music industry. Art Sonic are also welcoming to Mail Seiyu, housing plenty of Seiyu units stemming from radio shows. However, contrary to what Marine Entertainment does to their Seiyu units, Art Sonic promotes them and does their best at making their music known. Their groups may still have low sales numbers, because this is, after all, a minor music label, does no big insanely popular male say you join it, but you know that their music will be fun and most of the times composed and written by the Seiyu part of those projects. Sony Music Japan Easily one of the biggest music labels in Japan, Sony Music is regarded as a behemoth that counts with some of the biggest and best-selling artists in Japan. Sony Music Japan counts with plenty of sub-labels, with each sub-label having a different focus and or sound at its core. The best-known sub-labels among fans of male Seiyu and 2D music projects are Sakura Music and Aniplex or Aniplex Plus. You may know Sony Music Japan for housing Soma Saito in Sakura Music and being the former music label for Toshiki Toyonaga, Aniplex. Sakura Music is a sub-label that focuses equally in the domestic and international markets, counting with plenty of Anisong singers as well as being fairly welcoming to artist Seiyu. Within Sakura Music there is complete creative freedom for their artists if they want to. There are still artists that do not compose nor write their music, but the option is on the table to have complete freedom. Soma Saito picked that and one year after making his solo debut, he broke free from the lack of creative freedom in Fish Story and Hikari Tatsuame Yowake Wamada and embraced creative freedom in 2018. Full creative freedom was obtained in 2019, when Saito wrote lyrics and composed all tracks in My Blue Vacation. In Bloom is the epitome of creative freedom within the label, with Saito choosing his own concept, writing lyrics and composing all songs, as well as getting arrangement credits. I often mention Sacra Music as an awesome music label for solo artists of CU background, exactly because of Saito's experience within the label. Many solo artists usually can't choose their concept or the music that they will perform. At Sacra Music, everything is fair game as long as you're creative and deliver. Aniplex Plus was the music label to which Toshiyuki Toyanaga was last signed to before founding his own music label. Creative freedom was limited as music released when he was signed to the label, 
was all featured in anime. Since leaving the label, Toyonaga has spread his wings and is enjoying total creative freedom by being not only the artist, but also his own boss. Nippon Columbia It's not really known for being a big music label for Seiyu or 2D music projects, but within their ranks they house Feromen, visual K-pop duo comprised of Kosuke Toriyumi and Junichi Suabe. Artists signed to this label have creative freedom. Lantis One of the biggest names in the Ani song industry is Lantis. The Idol Master Saidem and Idolish 7 franchises are signed to this label, being huge money makers to them. Lantis is a pretty big music label part of Bandai and has Kiramune as a sister label. Pop and rock are big among Lantis's artists and creative freedom is a case-by-case situation. According to Makoto Furukawa, in a recent event to promote his first full-length album from Fairytale, when he signed to Lantis, he was asked which music genre he wanted to perform and what he wanted to do. This is exactly the reason why I often recommend Lantis. They do give creative freedom to their artists. Look at Old Codex and Gran Rodeo or Daisuke Ono in the last couple of years. However, Lantis is also known for weird artist management. Take for example, Yuki Ono, Daisuke Ono and Tasuku Hatanaka. Yuki Ono made his solo debut with Lantis in 2015 and bid goodbye to the label around 2019. Why? There is no definitive answer, it was never stated as a matter of fact, Yukiono parting ways with Lantis wasn't even worthy of a news article, which is strange. However, let me present you with some data and you can take your conclusions out of it. Yukiono's solo debut was on his birthday and for three consecutive years he released a mini-album to celebrate it. Did you check the concepts or the music he was performing? If you did, you know how everything about his solo career at Lantis was dreadful. Little to no promotion of his music on social media channels and Seiyu or otaku culture websites, no features on magazines, no radio interviews, ludicrous concepts, they had Yukiono dressed as a Stone Age man for one of the mini-albums. And the quality of the music? Bad for the most part. For an artist that only releases music once a year to celebrate an important milestone, Lantis couldn't have had a better artist management. For a singer as good and talented as Yukiono, couldn't they have given him better music to perform or let him compose and write his own songs? For the quality he was given back then, even if Ono didn't have any experience, he could have pulled off anything better than what you can find in those three mini-albums. It was a shame that three mini-albums later, weak sales numbers and the whole image created around Yuki Ono, that he'd eventually part ways with Lantis and go the indie route. And what a change that was for him. 
is performing the music he likes with an image and concept that isn't fabricated. He's writing his own lyrics, pitching in how he wants his songs instrumentals-wise, and even bringing guest lyricists to his songs. He's free from bad artist management and having a pretty good time. Another example is Daisuke Ono. The talented voice actor made his solo debut in 2007, performing rock and pop rock music. Then, in 2010, Lantis changed his concept to disco music and, as a matter of fact, Ono D fell in love with disco music and, after the release of Netsuretsu Answer, he wanted to perform more of that. That was, however, his demise. He would end up locked in a party man image from 2010 to 2014, image that, in nothing, fit him as a solo artist. At the same time, during that period, Ono D had little to no creative freedom. It was only in 2015 that Ono D would change his image to something more mature and gentlemanly, leaving the whole partyman playboy vibe from the four-year period behind. Now, Ono D has some creative freedom, being in charge of lyrics for some of his songs and choosing his own concepts. Lastly, and the case that I have talked the most about since the start of Seiyu Lounge, Tasuko Hatanaka. On episode 29, friend of the podcast and regular viewer, PM, said that she was surprised that I'd recommend Lantis as a good music label for young Seiyu making their solo debuts. Especially when Tasuko Hatanaka has this weird situation going on due to, most likely, bad artist management. Well, Lantis does have an overall good artist management. In over 30 artists, the label only has three weird mismanagement cases. And the label offers creative freedom in the levels that the artist, or in this case, voice actor, wants for their career. So if I had to recommend a music label with a tried formula, knowledge of the music and any song industries that has the power and resources to make their artists big stars, at least within the Ani song industry, Lantis would be one of my picks, as it would be Sacra Music. Of course, for those that follow Tasuko Hatanaka's solo career closely, you'll notice that many people in the industry thought it was the next big thing to follow the debut of Soma Saito, also in the same year, and one year before the big solo debuts of Yumo Uchida and Makoto Furukawa. However, while all those names made it relatively big, Tasuko Hatanaka still struggles to get eyes and ears in his music. What has happened? Let's take a closer look at some of the info that there is available out there. If the questions that were made by Lantis to Makoto Furukawa about the music that he wanted to perform were also made to Hatanaka, how come Hatanaka's solo career is so messed up? That is a big question. If he chose to be a pop artist, which seems to be that you can tell by listening to his debut single, Stand Up, how come, four years later, he still hasn't settled for his own unique sound within pop? 
I keep trying to understand more about Lentis' artist management by seeing how their other artists are managed, especially voice actors. And what is happening to Tasuko Hatanaka is surreal, which raises some questions. Did Tasuko Hatanaka choose to be a performer that sings whatever is thrown at him instead of opting for a specific music genre? It's starting to sound highly likely, especially how he's performed songs in a wide variety of music genres in his four years as a solo artist. He hasn't settled once since his debut. He's never performed the same type of music for consecutive releases. He doesn't have a sound that defines him, much less an image that defines him as a solo artist. At the same time, we know that producers have a hand at how a singer performs and what kind of songs they perform. So it can also happen that his producer wants to try new things and Hatanaka's okay with it, thus none of his music sounds the same. Or Lentis doesn't know what they want to do with Tasuko Hatanaka as he continuously underperforms on Oricon's charts with his music. Let's try an image change, uh, or a sound change. Perhaps feature his music in anime? None of that works? Change again, new style, new sound. All until Hatanaka finds a style that fits him like a glove. Something that fans can say it sounds like a Hatanaka song. Four years have passed, and he continues to release music in a new genre time and time again. To me, I believe it is a bit of mismanagement by Lentis, as well as influenced by his producer, mixed with what could be Hatanaka's aimless demeanor about his solo career. He wants to sing, that much we can tell by seeing him perform live. But it doesn't seem that he knows what he really wants to do with his solo career. His direction is missing. So yeah, there you have it, Lent is not knowing how to make Hatanaka stand out, and Hatanaka not knowing what he wants to do as a solo artist. It seems like it is a bit of both. Still weird that Lentis doesn't let him settle for a music genre for more than one release, to see if fans start to warm to his music and image. That would be my first attempt at trying to see what I could change in order to have him shining. Sometimes a bit of patience goes a long way and it seems that Lentis hasn't got any when it comes to Tasuko Hatanaka's career. Aside from Hatanaka's issue and Yukiono's mismanagement, Lentis is still a good music label. Once again, Gran Rodeo, Old Codex, Makoto Furukawa and Shugo Nakamura have complete creative freedom and are on top of their game, being well managed and promoted by Lantis. Team Entertainment Best known as the house for 2D music projects that mix drama CDs with music, Dig Rock and Perfection Noises franchises are from this label. And not only do both have stellar Seiyuu lineups, but the music from their bands and idol group is quite unique in the 2D music panorama. Still growing and slowly showing their cards, 
Team Entertainment are a music label to have into attention for their massive quality. This is a music label doing what others refuse to. Release good music regardless of the music genre, straying away from generic pop and rock and delivering something truly unique for the fans of those projects. Dig Rock count with Rubio Leopard, Impish Crow and Hound Roar, the newest addition to the franchise. Rock is at their core, but it's not your average rock music. Grunge rock, power pop and alternative rock are big in this franchise, and there's still a place for funk and groove metal in it. Perfection Noise has Noise Nova in its ranks. It doesn't seem like it will be the only group part of the franchise, although I want it to be like that, it works. But so far, Noise Nova have impressed both as a group as well as in a solo capacity, with their members delivering outstanding performances, be it by performing songs in English, to bringing back notices, J pop with a rock edge or even exploring R&B. What is Noise Nova sound like? A hybrid of EDM, pop, rock, rap and R&B. They are a unique group within the sea of idol groups out there. They do stand out, only thing lacking, same thing with the rock's bands, is the popularity. Toys Factory One of the biggest music labels in Japan, Toys Factory are known for their rock acts, being home to Baby Metal and Bump of Chicken. Toshiki Masuda joined the label in 2019, making his debut as a pop rock artist in the same year. This is a music label that loves rock music, and a big part of rock is creative freedom. Wrapping up this episode is Muvik company that is in charge of quite the wide variety of 2D music projects and is affiliated with Animate Japan. Tsukipro, Tsukuta, Vezrock, Sunpro, Hanadol, Enlight Tribe are just some of the various franchises they have under their wing. Rock, pop, EDM are big in this label. But in the end, the focus is not on the music genres, but on how unique their groups sound. Tsukipro and Hanadol have amazing composers. Tsukuta collaborates with Utaites. Enlight Tribe are still an unknown to me, as I haven't reviewed their music so far. The lineups for many of their groups count with some of the best singers among male Seiyu. A really nice thing about Muvik is that they nurture their talents, and their projects usually run for years regardless of sales numbers or the sort. Despite not being that big among international fans, Tsukipro and Tsukuta are big franchises in Japan. Hanadol ended up being a franchise with a big following overseas, more so than in Japan. Vezrock are looking like a solid franchise among Japanese and international fans. And Enlight Tribe are aiming at being the next big thing from this label. Sunpro have started to stand out with their talents, Zix and Tobari. There's no doubt about it, Muvik knows how to pick interesting projects into his ranks, as well as to enlist exciting composers to work on the music for those projects. 
Contrary to other music labels, Movic don't discard their projects when they see that people aren't paying that much attention. They keep on nurturing those 2D music projects for years, making it possible for fans to experience growth of their favorite characters and the groups they love. Tsukuta and Tsukipro are the two longest-running franchises in their ranks, both with over six years of activity. Lots of quality and long-running successful projects aplenty, any project connected to Muvik is in good hands. And you can immediately expect quality on the music composition end. And with this, we wrap up this quick rundown on the important music labels connected to MLCU solo artists and 2D music projects. As you can tell, there are music labels that embrace creative freedom, others that prefer to resort to safe methods and resort to their own composers and lyricists to help out their solo artists. There are music labels that nurture talents while others ignore them or don't know what to do with their talents. There are music labels that bet on 2D music projects that end up being massive hits. There are others that tried but were unable to pull it off. It is quite interesting to analyze these little details that in the end are decisive points for Seiyu to decide in which music label they want to make their solo debut or for us to know what to expect from a project by seeing which music label assigned them. I hope that episode 32 as well as this one helped you out better understand the music labels in question, what to expect of them as well as what will be the sound, vibe or music genres that your favorite male CU will be embracing or why they are embracing those at the moment. Everything should be falling into place right now for you. Now tell me, do you believe music labels are responsible for the success a solo artist or 2D music project has? Or is it something else? Let me know in the comments below. And remember, leave your comments as complex or as simple as they may be, as you can be featured on upcoming episodes of CU Lounge. If you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss the hand that feeds HQ's weekly mail CU and music-related content, hit the subscribe button. I'll return next week with another episode of CU Lounge. Thank you for listening and see you guys around. <laughs>